Well, hello and welcome to this episode of Spiritual Unity. When I started recording for this season, I was quite clear I didn't want to record any interviews or conversations. I wanted it to be a quiet reading of texts probably not well known by everyone. However, Spiritual Unity as I've come to see and begun to respect it has a mind of its own. So over the past uh, few months actually I've been nudged with uh, the idea of talking about death. Now death not only from the conceptual point of like uh, uh, grieving or like losing the physical body that's one kind of death but also approaching but also approaching death from the egoic death. And uh, I mean, I don't really know what shape it's going to take, but I know that uh, death wants to be spoken about. And uh, for most of us, this is a fearsome thing, something we all evade. But the truth is, you cannot live if you don't know how to die. Did that make sense? So you don't know how to die and you don't... But to actually live properly, you need to know how to die, I suppose or at least know how to respect the idea of death. So anyway, uh, so the that thought has been like nudging me constantly and I started thinking more about like, you know, what it should revolve around. And so I'm not going to be restricting myself to just reading from texts, but speaking to some lovely, lovely, wonderful teachers who um, I have approached and hopefully we'll be able to get some interviews off ground soon. Um, and uh, and apart from the regular spiritual evolution conversations that uh, spiritual unity is all about i am the main subject right now i'm trying to uh, the main subject i would also like to keep one subject i would like to keep around um, in the entire bouquet is also about death so i thought i would just let you know all that So, of course, now if one has to talk about death, today I felt like speaking or rather maybe reading from the Katha Upanishad. Um, Now, uh, for those who are not very familiar with uh, Hindu scriptures, the Katha Upanishad is actually an entire uh, dialogue between a young boy called Nachiketa and the god of death who is known as yama in the hindu scriptures it's a very intense intense uh, discourse and uh, you know even as children a lot of us a lot even as children a lot of us have read about like uh, the story it's a very famous story um in a comic book so everybody knows the premise of uh, the conversation but uh, obviously it's a very very deep discourse and um, I thought I would start off with the Katha Upanishad. Now one thing I would like to add in here is uh, when I'm talking about uh, reading from the Katha Upanishad or speaking about it these are not my interpretations. I have also read from different books and I'm just trying to put what I have understood from it. So it's not like I'm kind of interpreting the text or anything of that sort. 
it's just my understanding of the text so to begin with you know the so the story that actually kind of uh, so every upanishad starts with a prayer okay um it's basically a prayer for peace and invocation of peace and it's chanted right at the beginning it's chanted right at the beginning and at the end of the study as well so it's basically for proper attunement of the spirit between the teacher and the disciple before they begin the study so um if it's loosely talked about or translated it's like may we both be protected may both of us be taken care of properly may be study together may our teaching and learning be resplendent may there may there be no misunderstanding between us may there be no discord of any kind may there be peace may there be peace may there be peace now peace is repeated thrice because um it said we have three kind of troubles you know one is internal then there is the physical which is from uh, the external from outside beings and then from above and sometimes trouble given by the gods as well so may all of these cease this is how an upanishad begins now the story uh, it's a rather uh, now the story that actually starts before the real discourse is gotama who is a brahman he is performing a sacrifice called the sarva dakshina okay and this is a sacrifice that is done and this is a sacrifice that is conducted to conducted for heavenly enjoyment okay um he has a son nachiketa because gotama wanted now the story begins this way gotama who is a, an old brahman the story starts off with a sacrifice this sacrifice is called the sarva dakshina and people used to perform it if they desired heavenly enjoyment so gotama is performing this sacrifice sacrifice meaning uh, rites and rituals uh, offerings to the gods uh, uh, these sacrifices typically are like you know vedic sacrifices or which um, you have you know which have rituals written in the vedas and upanishads now he had a son nachiketa the intention behind the sacrifice was to gain heavenly pleasure now this is basically the outward form of devotion and faith which is very different from the internal spirit of any practice so gotama is hindu in you know, vedic literature hindu literature uh, hindu scriptures are highly metaphorical so you must 
and you have to go beyond the surface to understand what is actually being said and you have to go beyond the surface to and you have to go beyond the surface to actually get the real meaning now while gautama he represents the outer form of religion which is all about rituals let me do something offerings to gods and things like that but the real internal spirit is missing nachiketa is the inner spirit which is for all of us we have an aspect of the gautama and we have an aspect of nachiketa you know some of us you know at some point maybe overtly ritualistic where there's nothing wrong with rituals but rituals without the right intention is probably what one needs to think about so gautama when he practices or does a religious act when gautama practices a religious act he expects something from it what shall i get if i go for a pilgrimage what should i get if i do this ritual etc now these are questions of the mind will i get something will i not will i if i don't do it will i not be religious now while the outer form is necessary like i said there's nothing wrong with rituals either uh while the outer form is necessary like i said it's there's nothing wrong with rituals either it is in it, it is inadequate by itself the spirit also should go hand in hand with this form so religion is very different from spirituality though it is necessary now the outer form of worship should be an expression of inner surrender and it should not just be a mere symbol so gotama sacrifice basically or the entire ritual he was performing lacked exactly this he was desiring he desired something from the sacrifice but he was not willing to part with what he had now an integral part of any sacrifice is you have to offer something so and that offer is called the dakshina so when this dakshina was given nachiketa thought to himself is this even religion what is this sacrifice my father wants the pleasure of this world so he did not part with the good cows and he also wants the pleasure in the other world so he gives the useless cows it's a poor sacrifice because he offers that which is unworthy so the sacrifice is obviously entailed uh, giving gifts to people uh, and in those days cows which is like your cattle is a part of that offering so this so so gotama refused to part with the healthy cows he had he gave them he gave the people old cows that were almost dying so seeing this nachiketa went and asked his father he said so to whom do you propose to offer me father now the me represents the self of gautama the egoic self okay if it is offering everything then it should include not only what belongs to one but also the own self for the egoic self so three times this little boy asked the father so who 
are you going to offer me to? The father got irritated and he said, you know, uh, the answer was, unto death I offer you. Though this was the answer to the son, like I said, it's really metaphorical. You have to skim way, way, way beneath. It mystically means the death of the soul. Then three times the boy asked again, implying the I has to be given up three stages, not at one. The first one is at a physical level, followed by the subtle and the casual level. Because... We cannot even offer our physical possessions to God. Imagine to offer the mind and the subconscious. It seems like veritable death. And it's actually darkness of not knowing that is spiritual death. So Nachiketa, the young boy, he he thinks to himself, what is the business of Yama? Yama is the god of death. That is being achieved through me. Why should I go to him? I have served my father well. I may be the first or at least the next. I may be the first or at least the next but not the worst. What is the intention of his offering me to Yama? Then this young boy says, Well, whatever you have said is all right. Father, don't withdraw your words. Remember, our ancestors who have adhered to truth always. Let it be although it may be unpleasant. Though you may have unwittingly in anger said it, don't take it back. So he's, he's, he's a very willing boy. He says, if you've offered me to death, to death I will go. Don't take your words back. So is human life. Human life, if I pass away, let there be no grief because birth and death are correlatives. Now the Upanishad does not really mention what happened to Nachiketa or Gautam after this conversation. It straight moves on to Nachiketa waiting at the house of death. He's sitting in the hallway. Again, metaphorical. One has to understand he obviously didn't walk and you know traverse through any jungle or forest path. You have to understand he, when you're giving up the egoic self, you're going through sadhana a lot of spiritual rituals or spiritual practices to reach higher stages and that's presumably what happens here as well so Nachiketa is now waiting at the house of death Yama's house and the, and Lord Yama he's not there now this is a very important stage in the seeker's life. When the disciple goes to the Guru, the latter often does not welcome him but shows indifference. So now Yama, after three days he comes back and during that Yama returns. Yama returns after three days and during that time Nachiketa waited patiently. There's a one important aspect of uh, this when a guest is waiting, um, there is that guest should be honored. A guest who has come of his own accord, 
is regarded as God because he is supposed to be the universal soul that presents itself as the guest. One who comes to you expecting help is to be regarded as God himself. So if such a guest arrives and you do and, and no hospitality is shown, it is said all the merits of that person is taken away. So when Yama returned to his uh, court, his courtiers, uh, his courtiers told him, Lord, a guest has come. He is an unvent, uninvited guest. Who is more important than he? He is God who has come as the universal fire. Yama answered, Please him, let him not burn. Give him water. So when Yama now presents himself before Nachiketa, the spirit of the Upanishad actually reaches its intensity. He offers three boons to Nachiketa because Nachiketa waited three nights without uh, receiving any a food at his house. So Yama tells Nachiketa, O Brahmana, you have fasted in my house for three nights. I make obeisance. I bow down to you. Ask me for three boons for the three nights you starved here so that I may be blessed and do not incur the sin of not giving to my guest. May auspiciousness be mine. It's very interesting. He's the Lord of Death and he also doesn't want his merits to be taken away from him because the God of Death is supposed to be all justice. So, Nachiketa then decides to ask for these three wishes or three gifts. So for the first gift, he says, O Lord, offer this to me when I return, released by you to the world of my father. So he knows he wants to go back. May he receive me with a calm mind, free from anger, recognizing me as I have been before, not thinking that I am dead and returning. This implies he has to return but he also wants it to be under normal circumstances. And this is very interesting, you know, because um, imagine uh, when souls awaken, when a seeker has achieved enlightenment, um, every seeker will have to pass through this stage and it will come to each one in a different shape. Because a seeker is going to be given that temptation of power. What is the power? This was even, even Buddha was offered this temptation, you know. So Mara, when he came to Buddha, he said, you have attained the highest, now go and preach to the world. But if you fall for this, it is nothing but spiritual pride. So it's very interesting, Nachiketa already, uh, this young boy is telling the God of death, I have to go back the way I was simply suggesting that there should be no arrogance or spiritual ego even after he has attained universal knowledge. So Yama says your first boon is granted, you will be recognized by your father who will be happy to receive you. Now what is the second boon? So the second boon he says, Lord I have heard that in heaven 
there is supreme satisfaction there is no death people are youthful with no fear of old age how do they gain immortality teach me that secret now in hindu scriptures there are two kinds of heaven one is the indra loka and the higher one is the brahma loka now the indra loka is supposed to be where everybody is just in sheer joy and enjoying all the pleasures of the world but you cannot live there forever you have to take the human body and form again the brahma loka however is different here you just cross over it's like being the soul of the cosmos okay so he says teach me this you know what are the fire sacrifices teach this to me who has come with faith i am honest i have heard that they become immortal who reach that abode he's talking about brahma loka this i choose about my second born so basically he's not interested in the external sacrifice that his father gotham had made he is turning to the internal sacrifice which is within the soul well i shall tell you the secret says yama i do know it and i know that you know that i know this heavenly fire which you're talking about it is not physical it is the support of the universe and it is in your heart secretly so what is the universal fire it is not found in the kitchen not found in the house but in the heart of everyone just as the ocean in every drop the universal is in you and you can the universal is in you and it can be invoked this the knowledge of this fire is equal to becoming the support of the universe attaining to all words nay he himself is this creation wonderful is this teaching it is not easy to explain what this universal fire is and now the upanishad does not really reveal what yama told nachiketa beyond this it uses a mystical language um it speaks about fire or agni as the origin of everything and creation emanating from it he does talk about the sacrifice or this the sacrifice he does talk about the sacrifice of the ritual which is done internally and you can adore god by thinking of him or by offering flowers to him and all these can be done inside your heart within your mind you do not have to show it externally now as yama is speaking now whatever now whatever yama spoke nachiketa repeated it just as it was being told this pleased yama a lot and he said my dear child i give you another boon i ordain that from now on this sacrifice will be called by your name instead of the of Yama was very pleased and he said my dear I'll give you another boon I ordain from that now on this sacrifice will now be called after your name so in your know, spiritual experience
There are many stages of attaining God and there are three, four major ones. One of them is the acquisition of the universal knowledge or where you have identification as being the soul of the universe. This meditation which gives the practitioner supernatural knowledge because the world which is normally seen as an external object enters into himself is described elsewhere in this Upanishad. A guru has to teach personally how this is done. This is the crux of the teaching. The performance The next part is where Yama is talking about uh, how to concentrate basically the basis of meditation, okay? And he says it is only through the tradition of a guru Now Yama goes to the third boon. Nachiketa, your second boon has also been granted. The fire sacrifice will be known by your name. Now choose your third boon. Now the third boon surprises the god of death completely. He raises a very unusual and unexpected point. He says, I do not want any material object, but a knowledge which I wish to receive. What happens to the soul when it reaches its final death, extinction of personality? Some say that nothing exists, that all is a void. Some say something is. I shall regard your blessing me with this knowledge as my third boon. I mean, that's the existential question we all have. What happens after we die? So this little boy asks, this little boy asks the God of death for this exact this little boy asks the god of death this exact question. This is not the death. When the soul crosses over, does it exist there or does it get extinguished? This question was also put to Buddha. He replied that to some, something exists or nothing exists is both wrong. Even the go. Even the gods wonder about this and have never come to an understanding. So subtle is this truth, so subtle that no answer would be adequate. So Nachiketa, please ask another question. Please release me from this obligation, said Lord Yama. But Nachiketa was not a person to give up like that. So he says, you say that even the gods have doubt that it is such a subtle truth. From this I can derive that you know it. I am happy to be in the presence of the proper person. No boon can be equal to this. I do not want an inferior one. And he cornered Yama with that statement. But Yama still wants to wiggle out of this. So he says, I am offering you wealth, cattle, gold, elephants, long life, land, everything. Any boon like you, any boon like this that you want, choose it. And you prosper on this vast earth. 
whatever pleasure is possible i'll grant you all that nachiketa says i understand your intention but these are all pleasures that will one day wear out even the longest life is nothing but eternity and all the happiness because it has a beginning shall have an end so i don't want all of these you know no man can ever find contentment with all that so you see what is happening is yama is offering everything which is like a trick he's offering everything except god he, this is also an intention to trick nachiketa but the young boy has a very strong intent she says whatever be its glamour everything is transient i do not want this no one can truly be happy with them they are of no use may i repeat i want only that which i asked for a mortal having come face to face with the immortal that you are how could he ask for mortal things by properly scrutinizing so nachiketa says i shall not be happy with any of these things you just tell me what happens um uh, uh, when death appears now he has proved his worth uh, yama couldn't um throw him off the glamour has not tempted him it's almost as the same as the temptations of buddha and it's often very it's impossible for a lot of people to ignore those temptations because they come as realities and you'd require a superior intelligence to detect them Nachiketa is the representative of human character is passing through a crisis. So now Yama is pleased beyond measure and speaks no longer words of temptation but words of knowledge which soothe Nachiketa's burning aspirations. Now that is the little story of Nachiketa reaching Yama's palace and the three boons i'm going to go on to the next part of uh, the upanishad it's a long one so i'm not going to be touching on each and every topic but i thought it would be a great way to start off this podcast especially when death is the main content catch you i hope you are tuned in for the next part of this upanishad I certainly hope you all will tune in for the next part of this Upanishad.